not to worry about uh, it picking up our talking right now because I didn't put any mics into the starting screen. Oh, I see. I see. I see. So this is what people are looking at right now. But nothing's happening yet. It's just... Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't know why my... It, keeps... <laughs> it did that. I, I tried to <laughs> it is such twice. a weird thing. I know. I know. People think that I'm being self-deprecating. Right. Maybe it's a Freudian slip. I don't know. Maybe I pressed the wrong button when I saved it, and I did it, like, subconsciously. You can get into Freud all you want. It's another topic altogether. (laughs) That'd be fun, huh? Yeah, it would. You just need to switch it every time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So someone's minimized at all times. All right. Yeah, we'll have one guy put on the... uh, Fake mustache and but tell me about your mother. Yes. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we have we have one person watching us. It's just ourselves. I think it's us, right? And some bots. These are like bots. They're not real people. Oh, I, I thought that said Bible thumbs. I'm like, that's got to be somebody, right? <laughs> But it's not it. Well, you know, it might be. It's Bibby Thumps. <laughs> well, you know how many people mispronounce it or misspell things when they. Yeah, it was created less than a month ago. Holy cow. Look how many views it's got already. What is it? I don't know. Might be worth checking out. Since we're not. Uh, on yet. How would it immediately know that we're on? And well, yeah, I don't know. What's this Bible thumbs? Yeah, it's kind of weird, huh? Four thousand followers. Oh, they could have turned on notifications. Okay. Well, do they have any videos? They got to with 4,000 followers, right? I was no. following something with no, no videos. Oh. Uh, now I'm interested, so I'm <laughs> going to follow them. See, that's, <laughs> that's their whole plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, are we ready for this? I'm ready. I don't know what we're doing, but I'm here. All right, um, start off with an intro, proper intro. Like, I gotta stop and pronunciate myself this time okay. instead of. Who's going first? Who's gonna start? Me or you? You can. Okay. You're, right. the, you're the pastor. <laughs> yes. Yes. We'll see our, our, our names. They're set up as the most important and least important. <laughs> no, for the next one, it's, it's flip flop. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, I think we're good and go. Good afternoon. This is Pastor Chip Nill here as... Let's start over. Can we do that? No. We can't. It's just is. We're broadcasting. It is what it is. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm Chip Nill, Pastor of Bible Baptist Church here. Um, glad, of course, to be here doing this again and looking forward to talking about some different things and hope it's a joy. Um, that's it. That's all, that's all the intro I got. Oh, you don't want to say what your qualifications are? My qual- We're going to do that again? Yeah. We didn't use the last ones. Oh, oh yes, of course. Okay. 
Pastor Chip now. <laughs> um, pastor of Bible Baptist Church here um, for just a year or so and have been in ministry um, preaching and teaching over the course of the last 15 years. Um, studied at a Bible college and went to different seminaries from there. Um, have done a number of things in my life from nuclear welding to was a butcher's apprentice for some time, worked on some docks, did a lot of different things in my life, um, but God did a lot of things in my life to bring me to a place where I desired to serve people and serve him in ministry, and so that's what we've been doing for some time. Um, father of four and a husband, um, and I think that's a, that's all I can say right now about myself. All right. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you, all right. Um, I'm Justin Heineke. I have no qualifications to be doing this, but uh, I am um, I, uh, a husband, father of four also. Um, I went back to school at age, what, two months before my 30th birthday at uh, Spokane Community College. Graduated, went to Gonzaga University, graduated, spent several years trying to get into a master's program. Got in the University of Alaska Fairbanks, didn't fit in well there. Uh, it was um, personality issues, I guess. And transferred to Bemidji State University, and uh, it was like the best place ever. And got my master's there. Um, my first job was a lumber yard loader. And I basically did that forever. Worked with my wife's dad in a cabinet shop. Uh, I've done freight at like Home Depot and Lowe's and Fred Meyers. And uh, I worked in a bakery at Fred Meyers and a grocery store for a couple of years, frying donuts while I was going to school and teaching classes. And, All right. and now I'm here. I was, you know, yeah, at first it was like on our way to Oregon. And we thought, well, we'll stay here because we got a free spot for a while. Oh, yeah. But then we kind of still here. There you go. <laughs> a year and a half later, so. And I think he just barely beat us. Yeah. I like, by here. two weeks. Yeah, I was not here much longer than you were. No, but you had already gotten a house. As, yeah, I was like, had, like, that's really quick. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> sold and bought a house in three weeks. That's insane. Well, when the previous pastor left, he said, I'm getting a moving truck in three weeks, and I'm gone. So it was that or kind of just commute, and so... That reminds me a lot of this lady. Um, in Spokane Valley, there's a Home Depot that's full of really awful people. Um, I'll just leave it there. Uh, they had out front a, an espresso stand, you know, because all these places used to have coffee stands in the entryways. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they had one, and this old, this old lady that uh, was proud of her new plastic surgery uh, involving silicone... Um, yeah, on the coffee shop up front, and then all of a sudden one day she just sold it to someone younger, and she left. Like I'm, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll help you, and then she just left. Like but then, right. yeah, just yeah, kind of similar, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Not explaining things too well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of how that went. Yeah, so well, that's uh, yeah, I can understand. Uh, he's old. She was in. Nine. British shape and, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I get how that went down, but we were, I was not, you know, 
Yeah. We were not even in the process of selling our house. We did not even know we were coming. So um, when the church called us that Sunday, it was a Sunday night. We were driving back, and they let us know about 10 minutes after we left. It was 100% unanimous to take you on as the next pastor. And then the previous pastor called me later and said, yeah, and in three and a half weeks, I am moving the end. I'm getting a moving truck, and we're going to Florida. And so it was like, okay, list the house, do the things, you know. Because I just wasn't, I'm not the type of guy that I'm going to say, hey, I'll get there when I get there and hang out without a pastor for four months, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm just not that kind. I'll just figure out what I got to do. Yeah. Which is why I end up with a house that I am still renovating. <laughs> but, you know, you've got a great spot there, though. I mean, it's the road going up to it leaves something to be desired. Yeah. But, but uh, I don't know. I Except the potential for bees. There was a bunch that first that first summer. Well, you're surrounded by apple orchards and things that make a lot of poop. Yeah. And both attract bees. I'm good with bees. It's the yellow jackets and other things. My yeah. neighbor keeps bees. He gives me a jar of honey. Oh, well, there's that. <laughs> Jeez. Those <laughs> bees are good because they don't bother you. But he, okay. he, gave me, he gave me a jar of honey every year. Best honey I've ever had in my life. Hands down, no question asked. What does he use? Um, he just says he just lets them do whatever. It's whatever is around there. He doesn't so it's know. It's got to be apples. It tastes like raspberries. Really? The honey is like, it has a strong raspberry flavor. Do you what think you, there's any ra uh, raspberries nearby? We have a few, but not, not enough, I would think. For that right. much taste. It's very strange. But you know how honey usually has like a sharpness, like a cut almost yeah, yeah, yeah. to it? None whatsoever. Super good. Maybe that's because clover is like, well, I mean, who's going to ever eat clover, right? Right. So, huh. I guess that makes sense. It's pretty good, though. I wonder what honey would taste like if they had vanilla to take the nectar off of. Mm. Wouldn't that be amazing? I feel like somebody must have done all of these things at some point, right? Right. I mean, they have lavender honey. Right. So. But if I get to the store, I don't notice a huge... Quality difference in any of those. No, you could get Kroger brand versus that one that looks like a bear. Right, it doesn't. Or Susie B, whatever it is. I don't know. It's Susie something. Susie, <laughs> Susie honey, of course. No, I know. I just, I don't know why I remember part of the name and not the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, that's funny. Um, I know we're getting off, we're getting off trail again, but... Uh, we were watching um, a show called Russian Doll on Netflix. Okay. I mean, I was watching it. No. <laughs> I'm watching it with my son, my son that thinks he's a man. And because uh, he's tech legally able to, so. Right. <laughs> anyway, I'm like, oh, look at that person. Oh, look at that person. They were in this, they were in that. And he's like, what? And so I would pull up IMDb while we were watching this, and sure yeah. enough, uh, that we recognized—I recognized, I recognized uh, Kevin's brother in Home Alone. Oh, really? He was a customer at the counter in the show. How did you recognize? I'm that? like, that's him, because he looks exactly the same. Even if he did, though, how would you even? I mean, that's—I didn't know what his name was, but I knew him. I have no idea who that is. Yeah, yeah, you, you can you can see the face though, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the older one. The yeah. one. The one who's a jerk to him? 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can... Well, he's the exact same face. He's got to be like... He's got to be 50 now, right? I don't know. Maybe, because Kevin was... He was basically 12 or something when he did that movie, and now he's... Looks like he's been put through the ringer. Now he looks... Yeah, he looks about he looks 70 like a now, but... Guy. I think he's in his 30s. Well, he runs a website. Um, I forget what it's called, but something with a rabbit in the title. And uh, I guess he's doing okay for himself, even though he's not in acting. But look, this other guy's been in acting 30 years, and all he gets is one spot as a customer at a deli counter. And I recognized him. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. And then I recognized the leading lady in that. She's the uh, the best friend of the hot chick that was going through the of Tara Reed Tara Reed's character oh yeah, yeah yeah the best friend that was all like everyone thought was easy right yeah she's like the main person in this Tara Reed no oh her friend in in American Pie oh yes 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 the the one the more interesting one yes the one that wasn't one dimensional right <laughs> you know because let's face it that entire cast was almost one dimensional yeah I mean but like all nineties movies well yeah that's true <laughs> but the friend wasn't you know it's like the sidekick's uh, always a little bit more interesting well she's yeah. really interesting in this okay and uh, and uh, it's uh, it's like Groundhog Day only for adults okay it's like got a mature rating. Was Groundhog Day not for adults? I feel like that was, not, it was a kids movie. Not, well, compared to this, okay, yeah, it's on Netflix. Okay, you probably couldn't have this on regular TV, the way it's set up. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, there's not a whole lot of nudity, but there is a tiny bit, and I'm like looking over my kid. I'm like, he's gonna be watching. He watched it anyway. He watched it before I even knew about it. But then he uh -huh. started wanting to watch it with me. I'm like, all right. And he's 17. What can I do, right? I, yeah. I don't want him to... I don't know. He's already like, well, I'm going to do whatever I want anyway most of the time. So, But anyway, we watched this show, and I was like, I can pick I can pick people out in shows. Yeah. Like, oh, that's so-and-so. Or that they were in this. They were in that. I do that all the time. Me and my wife do that every time we watch something. Yeah. You have to look up. Like, it's like, it's like grace in your mind. Like, you have to know. Who is that person? What were they in? What do I know them from? Well, Amazon's got that feature on a lot of their stuff where you can click on something at the top and it'll pull down the people in that scene, yeah. which is kind of cool, but it's like really distracting someone like my wife. Yeah, I couldn't. We don't stop a movie. Okay, stop this. Let's look. And we <laughs> well, I did that during a couple of times in this season of this show. Yeah. And he was amazed that I kept picking people out. Well, this is so-and-so. This is so-and-so. And yeah. So that was interesting. All right. Um, well, uh, so why did we we decided to start somewhat to say a faith based podcast? Um, yes. And why is that? We started it because number one, there's just a lot of things to discuss within the realm of of believers and Christianity that is difficult to traditionally talk about in the setting of a church often difficult to converse with other believers on sometimes that it's difficult to even start a conversation about some of these things without it just being shut down 
mm-hmm. um, on a lot of different subjects. And so the idea is, and in somewhat to say, is that Jesus often confronted the, the taboo subjects, the things you weren't supposed to talk about, you know, in a lot of different ways. Yes, he did. And gets right into the, under the cultural veil that they all just had there as Pharisees and Jews. He just digs under that and starts picking at those little things that nobody's supposed to touch. Um, and I think that's important for us to do as Christians and discuss things openly, you know, mm-hmm. without taking with just a hard dogmatic bias about things that aren't Bible, that aren't just explicit there, and, and not being willing to listen and discuss and really, really dig into some of the things, especially as a society where we, we can tell there's a lot of things that are wrong. I mean, everybody's got that perspective in mm-hmm. society. Indeed. Everybody looks at society and goes, it's not right. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of times we we don't know why or we're unwilling maybe to confront or ask the questions of why or everybody's just kind of pushing a a bias and doubling down on it's tiring isn't it it is <laughs> yeah I mean I think I think that's a big thing I mean I don't know people don't have the energy to put up with a lot and there's so much it seems like there's so much more now than there used to be and I don't know if that's necessarily true or if that's a product of how connected we are. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's all in your face and it's, uh, it has a way of making you feel crowded and alone at the same time. Yeah. Um, which is, so I don't think a lot of people like that and don't like to confront stuff like that or deal with all that, you know, they'll like, like certain things on their Facebook page and they won't go past that or. Or right. maybe if they get on Twitter, they'll follow somebody, and then they won't follow like they won't follow anybody else. Like right. they'll have the Ben Shapiro and the and you know all the Daily Wire and all that stuff in one spot, and then they won't be following, say, CBS News or right. or Bill Maher or something like that. You know, you know, just an example. I don't know if anybody right. I knew would ever want to follow Bill Maher, but right. <laughs> no, actually, I yeah, I had an interesting incident in class um i had them watch ben shapiro and bill maher talk to each other on the show oh yeah and this one girl kept piping up that look at that little gremlin and stuff like that and then call him a troll and i'm like no i stopped i'm like that's not we don't do that she was just joking and swearing at me swearing at the other students yeah because i was like no that's not acceptable you we don't make you know we we don't make fun of people and like that for a joke that's not allowed right and she just freaked out and i don't know if i'm gonna get in trouble for that later or i don't even remember what her name was because the video part had closed yeah so i couldn't see who was talking and i didn't know how to bring that up because i'm not completely familiar with zoom yeah and so i'm like i don't even know who it was so i couldn't flag her in the system because they have a system where if student does that you, you know that kind of thing you can put a flag in the system yeah so they um like her advisor will be like hey what are you doing kind of thing right but is that the, something you could get in trouble for i feel like that's a pretty normal um i don't know it depends on how much of a stink she makes right i know but i i did a video with ben shapiro talking to bill maher and used it as an example of two people who know how to use the rhetorical devices in yeah. arguments. I mean, if there is anybody, I feel like that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought Bill, um, Bill Maher, 
and Ben Shapiro especially know exactly how to argue. Yeah. They know exactly how to appeal to each one of the path, pathos, logos, and ethos, and they know what buttons to push to make you mad or what buttons to push right. to make you agree with them. Yeah. And uh, it was really interesting. And she just totally flipped out. And another student was like, no, you know, <laughs> started talking back to her and saying, no, that's, we don't do that either. And, uh, right. and then said that what she was saying was an example of what that video we had watched earlier um, that went over ethos, pathos, and logos. Yeah. And uh, it was the argument ad populum. Yeah. Where you, instead of like confronting them about the weak points of your argument, you confront them personally. Yeah. And that's exactly what she was doing. And he's like, hey, isn't that the, while she's talking? And I'm like, right. I wanted to say, yes, yes, that's right. That's a perfect example. <laughs> but that would have been bad. Right. And she would have flipped out even further. And she was almost crying. I could hear it in her voice. Like you, there's, but that's a normal reaction for a lot of these people. Yeah. For them to come unhinged that, you know, because I disagreed with her and told her, no, that's not humor. Right. We don't do that here. Yeah. I said, I'm not telling you to pay attention to the politics. I want you to pay attention to the quality of their argument. Right. They could be talking about donuts for all I care. Yeah. But they would make that a meaningful discussion. Yeah. And, and, and appeal to your emotional side and making you angry or making you agree with them. Or, yeah. But, uh, and you could see the validity of their argument. Even if, you know, it's like, well, they only use the best cane sugar in this. So, you know, right. I just, I don't know. But, but I feel uh, like that's where our society just is and is getting worse in just this, everything's got to be in this diametrically opposed system. Everybody's got to be against the other side of whatever it is, you know. And that's another fallacy. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but where only the extremes are are possible. Right. Where you're either right or you're wrong, and there's nothing in between. Yeah. You only have this opinion or that opinion. You don't have a gray area in the middle. Yeah. And that's another fallacy. Yeah. I can't remember what that was, but... Yeah. Um, I feel like as Christians believers end up getting sucked into this where they feel like they're forced to join a side to be a part of a, the entire system of a, of a world that really doesn't know the Lord and doesn't act in a godly way and Christians are just they've got to, they get sucked into all of these arguments and they become fodder for one side or the other when really if you look at Jesus he wasn't on anybody's side yeah, and a matter of fact, he never he never told them that what Rome was doing was necessarily wrong. Right. And, you know, if there was ever a government that you'd say, well, maybe we should fight back against them a little bit, it was it was Rome. Right. And uh, he, and uh, he didn't do that. It really people most Christians know the, you know, paying the Caesar what is Caesar's, you know, that phrase that he said, but I don't think anybody takes that literally or figuratively. Right. I think they know it's there, but they kind of, it's one of those things they kind of ignore, right? Yeah. Well, he's talking about a place which is huge that was basically a colony now of the Roman Empire mm -hmm. that had almost no rights. We know it was 40 years from being obliterated, destroyed, you know. Right. They were going to come in and absolutely decimate the entire country. There would be no Israel 
for 2,000 years. Because of an event that was very similar to, oh, I don't know, maybe a capital thing. Right. <laughs> I, I just, I, I was thinking about that. And what were the name of those, that group that believed that they should do that and kind of operate? There was a group, there was a sect of Jews that were responsible for that, right? Um, there was, of course, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Right? No, I meant there was there a... Was, no, you're right. Um, I can't remember. I know, it's escaping me right now, too. But well, they yeah. were they were the ones that were basically leading this. Right. And uh, they were like, no, in fact, we're going to burn down your church. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and they left one wall. Which has stood for 2,000 years. Yeah. That's insane. And just, I couldn't imagine what that would have looked like brand new. It was, uh, I mean, obviously how fantastic it was could not be understood. No. I mean, it's, it's considering how much he can hear on, how much uh, gold and jewels and silver right. and all that stuff was set aside. And then the quality of the lumber brought in from, what, Lebanon, right? It was it right. Lebanon cedar? And it's like... Well, that temple there in Jesus' day was even uh, nothing compared to what Solomon built, which was massive amounts. I mean, I can't... Uh, I, I, don't, I don't have it in front of me, but the figures of what that would cost was astronomical in today's numbers. How much money did Israel have back then? Solomon was probably, by far, not only the richest person in the world in that day, but richer than anyone has ever been in and history. Probably ever will be. Probably. I mean, granted, we got Elon Musk that just rose to astronomical heights, and but I don't know. Maybe with mining on Mars, he'll end up being super, super <laughs> right. rich. He says we're going to have, was it 20, he's like... Tens of thousands of people on Mars by 2050. Yeah, I don't... I haven't been able to look up what his plan for that is. Or if he's even released it, I don't know. Would you go? No. You get a chance, a chance to go live on Mars? No. Mm. I, I think God made this planet inhabitable for a reason. I thought, how and it's, fun would that be? It'd be cool, but... It's a little daunting, don't you think? I mean, well, sure. one thing goes wrong, and I don't like any situation where if something goes wrong, I have no option. Well, no. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, if you're on Mars, and, oh, sorry, this atmospheric device of however they're going to do that to breathe air breaks down, what, you got nothing. What are you going to do? Can't leave Mars. Well, I'm sure he's going to send backup parts. I think he's already compiling, like... Getting all the equipment and stuff, too. I mean, they're like... They are preparing. I don't really trust any corporation with my entire life and safety. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I suppose. You think that's all it is? Is a corporate thing? Or is this, like, a dude thing? Uh well, do you think that Elon Musk is going to do this and then not benefit from it? Well, do you think he's making any money on SpaceX? He's making a lot of money. Well, with government contracts? He's making plenty of money, period. 
but I think this is a commercial, or I think this is, I don't think this is entirely paid for by someone else, uh, the idea of going to Mars. I mean, he might get some funding from people, but... Right. I don't think he's going to do it as a pure act of philanthropy. Um, yeah, but I think I, I think part of it's just him being curious. Probably. And I think he's willing to put up a lot of his own money for it. But maybe not the whole thing. I, I, I don't know. He might end up losing money on it at first. And maybe quite a bit. But, no. but uh, who knows what they're going to find on Mars that he can sell and come back with. Right. What, what is the plan to even make it is it livable gonna, there? Is it going to be containers he sends over there to build that are going to be pressurized, or is it going to be like uh, Matt Damon? And right, is he bringing back the old terraforming philosophies of the past? You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if how that is even possible. Is he going to melt the ice caps on Mars and see if it releases enough oxygen in the in the uh, atmosphere? Because they have a tiny bit of an atmosphere. Right. I don't think it's possible. Hmm. Which gets to a whole other scientific discussion of the fact that our atmosphere exists in some symbiotic union of all plant and animal life mm-hmm. mixed with the atmosphere where both are necessary, both rely on each other. Well, I don't know how much mass, or how are they going to get enough oxygen to where that would even be possible to, and I don't know if the gravity on Mars is strong enough to hold all that. Right. But even if you could, it wouldn't. It would quickly default back to something uninhabitable without adequate plant and animal life to continue to supply oxygen and nitrogen to the atmosphere. Right, and if he has a big enough biodome, um, somehow. Paulie Shore's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen him in the last couple of years? Yeah, he's not doing so good. Oh man, he makes Alkylate Colkin look healthy. <laughs> I mean, he does. Yeah, it just. I mean, it's not surprising. No, not at all. <laughs> Especially considering the characters he played. Right. Well, and you've heard about the how healthy the comic scene is, right? Right. I mean, they said that uh, Rodney Dangerfield did so much coke all the time that it was just like you know, and they all did. I, I believe it. I mean, look at Chris Farley. He what he dive. Yeah. A, was it an eight ball, which is basically yeah. coke, right? Yeah. So and just and there's and uh, Sam Kinison, mm-hmm. and you know just all these guys, cocaine is just huge for comics. Yeah. And uh, Sam Mullaney just checked himself in right before Christmas to a drug rehab. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was cocaine. Oh, it was, was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. And it might have been alcohol too. I thought it was alcohol. Know. John Mulaney, you're talking about. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. He, uh, it was it was cocaine and alcohol. And uh, Rodney Dangerfield apparently would go around backstage and maybe even perform in a bathrobe with nothing on underneath. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And he didn't care. He just went around like that. And apparently he used to tell, like, real jokes and stuff before he did his got no respect shtick. Oh, yeah. Was like a normal comedian, but then he stumbled on that and got popular, right? So Uh, there was a good story about it uh, from... Oh, uh, Bob Saget. Oh yeah. Apparently, he's a very dirty comic. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, he knew Rodney Dangerfield, and he told some stories and stuff, and that. And 
and nobody believes you about that, right? It's like <laughs> that guy from you know. I remember watching uh, Bob Saget in Full House when I was a kid, you know, mm-hmm. and I remember sometime in life realizing he was a stand-up comic and uh, went and listened to one of his specials and was like, "My goodness, I was not." Danny Tanner, what are you doing, bud? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It totally ruins that whole thing. It's like, whose idea was that, right? Let's get this funny dude right. who's very crass and then turn him into this wholesome family guy. I mean, he pulled the part off well. Yeah, he did. I had no idea. We could almost tell, though. I mean, he was like, you know, they all were, right? And, right. Oh, that guy. Um, his uh, Joey, or his friend, uh the guy with the blonde right, hair. Right. Apparently, he's movies. a really dirty comic too. Oh yeah. Yeah, and he pull. He would throw the most lavish, outlandish parties in Hollywood you've ever seen, and people. Everybody said this. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he was the party guy, and I don't know. I guess it, they got like, like wow. <laughs> yeah, and you know who he used. You know that song um, uh, Alanis Morissette did? That, uh, and are you thinking of me when you... Oh, yeah, yeah. That was about him. What? Yeah. They were, they were heavily involved for years. What? I'm not joking. That guy? That guy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He... He messed with her big time. And that song is all about him. That is weird. I know. Changes your whole look on the 90s, right? Apparently, Hollywood is not as wholesome as I thought. Who knew, right? That's weird. That's a weird revelation to come to. <laughs> no, I don't know why I know that. that I just weird. Sometimes I just get these little bits and they stay with me. It's like it's like I joke around with my kids. I've been training my whole life to come in second on Jeopardy. There you go. <laughs> Is that gonna be a Jeopardy question? No, it could be. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. And it's like now they might not even they're running out of hosts that are politically correct enough to guess host Jeopardy now. Like they're even having issues with Ken Jennings doing it now because of a tweet he sent out. Yeah, it's like just stop. It's a, it's a strange time. It really is. Yeah. I don't. Is everybody just getting canceled? Who, who gets through? I don't know. Um, I don't know. People that support Biden right now. Yeah, but nobody has a past of flawlessness. Is it just people that just did not use any kind of traceable social media until like 2018? Maybe. That could be because, I mean, as wholesome of a guy as, say, Ben Shapiro is, I mean, let's just face it, that guy hasn't had a big party life. I mean, right. a very straight and narrow dude, probably probably a nerd in school. Right. But uh, he, he's of the, of the wrong opinion, though, so he's never going to be one of these guys that doesn't get canceled. Right. So there's no example of something like that on the left, though. I don't know if anybody... On the left, that was that straight and narrow that uh, you couldn't cancel over something. I mean, there have been, of course, people on the left that have been canceled for stuff that way. Oh, yeah, big time. But it's never about 
somebody's actual lifestyle choices. That's never an issue. No, somebody's exactly. actual morality is never the problem. Somebody could be a murderer, a drug dealer. I mean, none of that's a problem. Well, obviously, if um, Clintons aren't in jail yet. <laughs> they're not there. They didn't murder anybody. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Their, their friends just... Just know a lot yeah. of dead people. It's yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's very, it's rare to have, meet someone that knows somebody that killed themselves. Which I'm sorry if that's, a, I'm, I'm sorry, but. <laughs> Going there already, my goodness. <laughs> no, no, but they know how many, Yeah. how many friends and assistants, like 20 or more that it have, yeah, and people, and someone that literally was classified as committing suicide by shooting themselves twice in the back of the head. That's normal. I, I guess I've been sheltered. Well, come on. <laughs> if you want to make sure you get the job done, you do it twice. Well, I guess. I... That's... Ow! <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty unsensitive, but it's... <laughs> I know. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm sorry if I brought up... <laughs> Something that shouldn't have been brought up. Um, but it's like those guys... If there is anybody that should have been put in jail, it's them. But they keep getting away with things. Apparently, Jusane Maxwell's still alive. Why we have not heard from her or what's happening Actually, um, if we want to get into that, let's switch to a current news story. All I know is on the streets for people that were selling marijuana when I was 16 years old, is they would pick one guy up, and that night they had everybody he ever knew in jail. And now they've got high-profile, you know, child-trafficking sex islands, and they can't seem to make a single arrest for nothing. Well, it's because everybody that was there is big. Nobody's like a low-key person. And everybody knows everybody that was there, right? So... It's like, well, if you arrest this person, they're going to spill the beans on this person. They'll spill the beans on this person. And this person, we don't want to get in trouble. Oh, where'd it go? I just don't understand why nobody... I mean, everybody's just okay with this. I'm not. Um, all right. Well, let's... What's it on here? It's just a strange thing in in our society, the things that just get a pass and the things that get focused on. And it, it's weird that today what actually happens isn't all that much of an issue, but certain phrases are. Which I get that there are certain phrases that are offensive or whatnot, and I'm mm -hmm. not saying that it's okay um, or shouldn't demand any kind of attention, but that people are getting canceled for things that they said 15 years ago that were moderately offensive at best but people with actual criminal things that are taking place and evidence of them nobody even cares right here I guess these are unsealed court documents so what's happening with that I mean is it well see they have unsealed these documents, but you haven't heard anything about them yet. Right. Thousands of pages. She has told them everything. But the only thing we hear about is this one incident that only involves her and Epstein. Why is that? 
is very strange. I mean, well, it's because, well, there's rumors that, like, the CIA funded Epstein to set up this island so they could have something on all the world's well-to-do influential people. Yeah. Like a huge, like, entrapment island, basically. Yeah. And, uh, which makes a lot of sense, and I wouldn't put it past them. Am I ready to go out on that limb? I am the, I am the furthest thing from a conspiracy theorist. And I hate all those kinds of things where those claims just get made with no evidence. But the farther we go, the more stuff gets released. I mean, it blew my mind when it just the CIA finally had to admit they did sell crack to the United States. In the inner cities. You know? And yeah. that was just one of those... Targeted. For years was a conspiracy theory that people would go, you're crazy if you think that. And then yeah. finally they admit it. And yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> What else is going to come out later? Well, but they've shut down. They've shut down. They're like, say they're interested in the truth, but they've shut down. um, What's his name? Julian Assange. Yeah. And Trump didn't even potter him on the way out, which is very odd. Yeah. And then, of course, Edward Snowden. Two guys that have helped bring secrets to light that probably needed to be brought to light. Yeah. Um, So, but they were, they're still... Even the good guys said, no, you're still going to be left out on the fringes. Right. So Well, Snowden's done. I mean, he's... Yeah. He's never come back. He's got back. no support. No. Not at From all. either side, somehow. He yeah. ostracized everybody. And Assange, I really thought he was going to be pardoned on the way out. I was really hoping he would. But... Because uh, I wanted to hear more. Right. And he's the one that did that, released the stuff on Clinton's. But if he got pardoned and he was allowed to walk around free, uh, he might have been suicided too. Right. So, well. you know, so he might, I don't know, this might be in his best interest. Maybe Trump's like, hey, dude, you're going to be dead. <laughs> yeah, it's better to stay. <laughs> you know, keep fighting the good fight. I'll see you later. I'm going to go golf. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean. But it's interesting how a lot of these things. And that's what always strikes me is that there's a whole, there's this line, this arbitrary line, this socioeconomic ladder that all of a sudden the rules are totally different. Yeah. Everything changes. Yeah. The rules stay the same for people until they get up to a certain point. And then it's like, yeah, it's like relearning. I don't know. It's like a role playing game, right? Where your skill tree resets once you. Right reach a certain level and then you got to go on to all these other different paths and try to make sense of it again and uh, I think I think that's why you see a lot of these people when they get famous and rich and stuff they don't know what they're doing and you know it's kind of spiral out of control because it's a different thing it's a different mindset it's a different rule set like you said and they don't know how to handle it I don't see the draw of being famous in today's age no it does not seem worth it. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And it's really odd because even like the most stable of people seem to have issues somehow. Yeah. And, you know, you got people that you never thought would ever get a divorce or getting divorces. And then, you know, marriages don't... It just seems like the pressure of everybody knowing who you are and doing what you're doing all the time. Yeah. And it's like nobody's meant to handle that kind of thing. Right. Which there was always paparazzi and that kind of thing, but today it's just every piece of social media come through. And what was it? The 
again, the chick from The Mandalorian. Um, what's her name? Yeah, it's like apparently she's going to get canceled after all. Like, she can't catch a break for... Th- not even things she said or did. Like, people are combing through her tweets. She liked such and such tweet, and therefore she's this and she's that, and we need to... Like, you can't. Apparently she's been taken out of all the promotional material for The Mandalorian and it's stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's like, she's... I liked her in that show. And it's like, how are they going to explain her going away? Disney's a, kind of a joke right now. And it's like, they're they're taking, and, and in order to... They're being politically correct and changing stories just to change stories and put this kind of person in here that's not necessarily fitting for the time that right. the movie's in. And, you know, if you know what I'm saying. And, right. and then just just changing everything. And it's all for the sake of... Appeasing those uh, purple-haired, pink-hat-wearing uh, people on Twitter. Yeah. And which is wild, because they, like, represent 1% or 2% at the most of the population out there. But they do, what, at least half the tweets. They're, they're controlling all the social media because they're on it all the time because they have nothing else to do. It's, it's a weird time. Yeah. And here's what's interesting to me is now, instead of continuing to fight against that people on the other side are just starting to do the same thing here especially since biden's been elected in the effort to say well if you're gonna do it we're gonna do it too what was it uh i saw garth brooks or something was a i don't know he did something that was pro-biden or anti-trump i don't know i forgot well his sister's gay but they wanted to cancel him for that the the country music listeners you know republicans you know yeah i think he said something about yeah, he said something about Trump because of the capital thing, right? Right. Which, and it's the, and then the, the argument I heard from a lot of people was, well, if the left is going to cancel everybody, we might as well too, you know? They, and it's just the back and forth. Yeah, it's very strange. I, I, don't, uh, I don't know how anybody can justify doing that all the time. I mean, yeah, maybe the conservatives have been too nice, and that's why we're losing right now. Because we don't know how to fight back. I mean, I know it's not exactly that, because that, that's what that's what Shapiro keeps saying. Mm-hmm. But uh, and but uh, and that's where I say, as a Christian, that's not that's not my fight. I'm not on the side of the conservatives to fight the liberals. Right, and now I'm it's on the like, side of let's. What does the Bible say? And let's be a salt and light to the world, to everybody. Well, you know that Trump floated the idea of starting the Patriot Party. Mm-hmm. And, well, you know what happened? Somebody went and ran with that before Trump did anything with it. And now he doesn't want anything to do with it because he's not the one controlling it. Because somebody else started it. <laughs> yeah, he just floated the idea out there before he even controlled the, the part for it. Right. And so they're starting, they filed FEC filings for starting the political party. And so, yeah, well, I kind of like the idea of not being associated with the Republican Party after what they did to Trump in the last mm-hmm. year and what they did to Trump in 2016, tried to do. I personally have never had any desire to be associated with the Republican no, Party. No, I know. <laughs> I, I, I desire, I know. What I tell people is I'm for what benefits me and my family. Right. Um, but uh, I'd rather not vote 
with them if I could help it. Right. I mean, because let's just face it. He said they're, they, they're basically not what Republicans should be right now. Right. And uh, what they've always, almost always have been. And uh, it's, I mean, that backstabbing, what they did to Trump, I don't know, I think Ronald Reagan would have been rolling, you know, must have been rolling in his grave. I mean, because he, he had that thing where he would say the 11th commandment. Mm-hmm. He said, um, thou shall not make, uh, thou shall not make fun of or something, of, or talk bad of other of fellow Republicans. Mm-hmm. And that was a big saying of his. And right. <laughs> it just got tossed out the window in the last four years. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's like. Well, it's obviously, I mean, it's, it's politics. Mm-hmm. We know, I mean, anybody that thinks there's people in office on any scale that have any shred of, of morality or integrity is crazy. I know one person that's in politics, that's been in politics for a long time, that does, but he just lost the primary yeah. in his state because he is so moral and upstanding. In North Pole, Alaska, mm-hmm. he was a state legislator for a long time. His dad was lieutenant governor at one point. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, he just lost his his primary because I, and I right. I fully think it was because of how moral and upstanding he is. Yeah. So I'm just like that's sad. I mean, he was a really good guy and he did a, a lot of good things I think for the state, but yeah, that's not that goes along with what I was saying before. Uh, that's just not the thing people look for in a politician it anymore. It just isn't. They want people that are going to be there to fight and be willing to fight for them. Yeah, we'll do what it takes, I guess. Right. Well, yeah. it's it's this system in our country that is just it's continuing to go downhill because we just want to win. Yeah, I know, but that's why the person that runs is going to have to be less a less than ideal person. I don't think that's a solution. Anything. It's just no. It's not self-perpetuating. It, it is, but it's yeah. But if you keep running the person that's going to lose, how much bad is it? Or how much worse is it going to get? How is it going to get better with something worse? I, I know it just delays the inevitable, right? But if you get an evil person not, that not, wants to do your side of things, you just get the you just get the other side of the coin. You know. Okay, so what good does it do to to put up the the ideal person who, in this day and age, let's face it, is going to lose? Because the answer's never been through political change. No. That's never going to fix anything. I know. Well, do we give up on trying to elect somebody that's not on the extreme side of the fence? I, ne- I never had the desire to elect somebody on the extreme side of the fence. No, I, I said that's we, not. I mean, like, right. that's not a Hillary Clinton. Do we do we try to put up the the person that's moral and upstanding each time that we know is probably going to lose? Let's face it. I mean, Matt, Mitt Romney wasn't squeaky clean, but that's the image right. he portrayed. And he didn't stand a chance. Right. And uh, that was the last person that looked the part right Um, there was plenty in this 2016 when trump got elected 
Yeah, but nobody... There were plenty of Republicans that were pretty decent candidates. Yeah. That were like... pretty good guys. Mm-hmm. That had some pretty good policy. But nobody cared. Yeah. nobody Because the problem is people. Them. That's yeah. the problem. We have a media that they gave Trump the most airtime because he got the most ratings. He got elected because he's a TV personality. Well, I think... That's why. <laughs> he was the strongest personality on that stage. Exactly, but it had nothing to do with his policies. It wasn't about his ideas. It really wasn't. And I think, well, uh, let's face it, if you're not going to project that strong image, people aren't going to think of you as a strong leader. Do you think that was the issue? I do. Or was it... See, I just don't think people thought that deeply about it. Nobody stood up to Trump at all. And when they did, they looked like, but, 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 that was my idea. Or that's not, you know, right. you're stepping on my toes. And he's like, whatever. <laughs> you know? And uh, I mean, that's almost essentially what he did on stage when, when people were trying to call right. him out. He's like. <laughs> but he would have never even got on stage in the first place if it wasn't for him being a guy that said ridiculous things and so the media blasting him they gave him so much more airtime than any other republican candidate simply because well man people are going to watch this they're not going to watch you know whoever else so when i was 10 12 years old you know we hardly had we didn't have money We'd go to Costco once a month, load up on what we could, and uh, and we'd go home. I would ask my mom if I could go to the book section, and uh, you know, and uh, we'd go to the book section. I found Trump's book, The Art of the Deal. Oh yeah, was there? I was like, can I stay here and read this? And I sat there and read that book every time we went to Costco. Oh yeah. And I, before I even was able to buy it later on, much later on, I'd read that book like four times standing in that, <laughs> standing in that store. Yeah. I told my parents, I don't know if they remember, but I told my parents, I bet you he'd make a great president one day. Yeah. And uh, I, it was something in the book. It was just something about him and his personality and the way he did things yeah and the way he said he conducted business i was like i bet you he'd make a good president one day yeah and uh and and to find out that mrs nixon said that to him once too that uh he'd make a good or was it mrs ford i forget but yeah said he'd do that too and uh i thought wow see and uh, I don't know. I was kind of impressed with myself when he got a, when he started running, and then had he actually had a chance and fooled everybody uh, that uh, thought he was going to lose. But I don't know. There was just something about the guy that I knew he would he would do it one day if he wanted. Right. And he did. And I. He is a really, I don't know, I don't think you could have looked at any of the, at any of the candidates on that stage. If you take Trump off that stage, could you have said any of those candidates had the iron will to not bend or break under pressure to get done what needed to get done? 
That's a good question, you know. I don't, I don't, I think the closest one, well, no, I might have been Cruz, but. I feel like he's got a track record of that, you know. Well, he's a decent dude, but I don't know. When I heard that story from his pastor. Yeah. Uh, about how, yeah, you'll never find a, you will hardly ever find a guy that knows more about the Bible or could quote more, but he didn't do it for the right reasons. Yeah. I thought, uh, that seems kind of shady to me. Right. Um, you know, so that made, but so I, I don't know, I just look at the whole thing and I thought the one person with the will to get things done and not compromise the entire time they're in office, I thought was Donald Trump. Yeah. And uh, from that stage at any way. I think there's some validity to that. Yeah. And uh, I thought, yeah, and that's. I think that's the thing. I mean, a lot of people are, yeah, sure, you need a little bit of compromise. And he did a little, he did begrudgingly. Right. <laughs> I mean, he never compromised willingly. Right. It's like, fine, you know, one of those things where like when you tell your kid to share the toy with their sister. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, I, that's, I think, I think that's part of it though. You got to have the stomach for this kind of thing. And it seemed like, and, you know, the drive, the desire to do, to be that, to be the one in charge, to be the one that makes the decisions. And he's done that his whole life. Certainly leadership capabilities are necessary for the President of the United States, I don't think. I mean, yeah, that's but obvious. I, there's something about that iron will factor, though, I think. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think there's a lot of people out there that you could say, that dude, although I think the way Cruz has been acting in the last year trying to defend Trump. Yeah. I thought, wow, this guy's growing a spine. Right. Because he didn't have that back then. Right. And I'm thinking he could be an interesting guy to look at in 2024. Right. Because I think he's setting himself up for that. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll probably try to run again. And you know who I didn't like before, but I like even less now because of what went down this last year? Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Sorry this. about that. Oh, no. Don't. Put that on there. See, that's why I got this Be Right Back screen. Okay. I was going to say, I got a couple. Using the books again. Oh, well. Uh, it's a good idea in theory. The books. We, yeah, you gotta stop and try to write something down, though. Like, whatever. What's the timestamp on that? Um, so, boy, we got about another little bit more than an hour. I gotta get my kid, or be at home when my kid gets home. Oh, yeah. So I could take him. Told him he had an appointment today. He's like, another one? Because he had one <laughs> at 8. Yeah. And I told him, yeah, he got another one at 4. I scheduled it for right after you get home from school so we can go right away. He's like, ah, what for? So I had to think of it real quick. I said, you're back. He's like, ah. Oh. You know, we're uh, going to give him a mattress for his birthday. Oh, yeah. And because he's like, 
oh, this match is fine. And I'm like, well, I got this one part that pokes me. <laughs> right. It's not fine then. Right. It's not good for your back. The guy that's going to the doctor because his joints hurt and all right. this stuff. And he's like sleeping on a mattress that pokes him. <laughs> I'm like, it's fine. I'm like, no, no, it's not. Right. You understand this? So... So we're gonna give him a mattress for his birthday. Um, it might not cool, be yeah. it might not be exactly what he wanted, but he needs yeah. that. And they're probably gonna spend a lot of money, obviously. But uh, no. but uh, maybe he'll be okay with that. I feel like that's a good birthday present. Yeah, I know. But it doesn't bring excitement to most people. No, right? that's true. <laughs> you gotta pass a certain age that that's exciting for you. I know, right? <laughs> well, and. They they have an online membership like uh, Xbox Live for Nintendo. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's a lot cheaper though. Yeah. So it's probably not as nice. That uh, JoJo helped pay for, um, so we're gonna give him that, and because um, he bought his own Switch last year. Oh yeah. But he didn't have enough money to buy anything more than the Switch. So he worked off buying it um, when I bought a game for him. Um, so, and then he, he only has the one game and he's had that thing for months. And oh, yeah. So we got him the Need for Speed Hot Pursuit was on sale for 25 bucks. Yeah. So that's like, uh, so, you know, we're, he's not going to get a whole lot, but. Yeah. And I do have a gift card that was given to us to, for my wife and I to go out to dinner, but since she never likes to do anything with me anyways, we're going <laughs> to, I might just give it to my kid. So he can have a gift card to spend some money. Yeah. So. I, I feel like a match is a pretty good present. But maybe yeah, it's just well, me. I know, but I don't know. He's just not super excited about this birthday. Yeah. He's not super, well, he's, he does, oh, and he hates Yakima so much. <laughs> he hates living here with a passion because it's a desert. It's technically a high plains desert or something right. like that. And there's hardly any, you know, there's no forest around. There's trees, right. but there's no forest. And he hates that, and he wants to live somewhere else. And, you know, and I'm like, well. You can get to the forest pretty quick, but. Yeah, but, you know, he's he's of the idea that this isn't the, you know, because we told, you know, we wanted to move. We are on our, ideally, we're on our way to Oregon, right? And I'm like, well, I don't know if we're ever going to get there, to be honest. And it just depends on what God wants for us. And, yeah. Don't you know? Gotta go with that, and you know, because obviously things are gonna step up and say, "Well, I guess it won't be this year because we have this to deal with." That right. kind of thing, but who knows? I just, uh, I'm just trying to make. I don't know. I, I just don't want them to be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. My kids have gone through that since we've been here. You know, we were in Seattle, and we had more money. They had more friends. They were in a Christian school. You know. Yeah, big that, church. That area is amazing. You know, thriving food everywhere you want. I mean, Woodenville's like the like right. The, so awesome. <laughs> I liked everything about it, except for you know, even the traffic was okay to deal with. Right, and, and of course, some of my kids wouldn't care if there was. That didn't you know, that's not gonna affect them. I know. So I mean, for them, life was pretty perfect. And then they moved here. And they moved here, and it's a different school. They've got no friends. Yakima stuck in the 90s. Yakima, right. And it hasn't changed. It literally hasn't changed in like 30 years. I can tell, yeah. It's crazy to me going to the mall here, and I'm going, the stores in here are clothes I wore in high school. Really? Yeah. 
Oh, I didn't know it was that backwards. Yeah. Well, maybe they just bring in what they think the... The fashion in Yakima is the clothes I wore in high school. Yeah, and I think it's... The demographic's probably a little different than what you dealt with in high school, too, though. Well, yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, same with me, but... I still have a... I still have a... I don't know if you call it a pullover, but it was like one of those plaid things that had sleeves and one of the hoods. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that could button up the front. It was from No Fear. Mm -hmm. It's in perfect condition. Like the like the day I bought it when I was 16. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's awesome. And I think my kid wears it, or he has it in his closet now. But yeah, yeah, it's pretty much the same. So I, I mean, I get that, you know. So I, it's like, I don't know what to tell them. It's like, yeah, maybe this isn't the ideal place, but maybe this is place where we we should be right now i don't right. i don't know how to explain that to him but like he's we we're saying in that message like do we try uh, you know it's like right. do we go out and and try to do something or do we wait right and it's like i have no i i have no idea anymore it's like i really thought that moving here was what we were supposed to be doing and I don't know, it just seemed like a huge mistake because uh, yeah. of the way things have been going. And uh, like, sorry, I messed up because I thought it was, you know, something we were supposed to be doing. And it's like now, just looking back on it, it just feels way off. Yeah. But I don't want to do that, you know, make that same mistake again. Right. So it's like, what do I do? I don't know. So. Well, I don't think that that. I don't think blessings equates to uh, the will of God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even when I was preaching, you know, last night with Paul, the will of God was to be imprisoned. You know, yeah. to spend the basically the latter part of his whole life as a prisoner. You know, locked away in house arrest. You know, that was God's will for him. You know. House arrest is probably living better than he lived. Probably outside. <laughs> you know, they did. They did it towards the end. Treat him pretty good. He ended up getting even his own house toward the end of the Roman um, captivity he was under. Yeah. Then they, they did eventually behead him, though. Well, yeah, that's Nero for you, right? So that was that was super... great, but probably the craziest emperor they ever had he was only ended up living freely for a few months after that point in his life you know but that's what god had for him you know and yeah even me you know i'm glad to be here but there there is no area that i can say man i'm so blessed so much more blessed because of this there's no area of blessing i can point to that would say well man this is god's will i can tell because yeah. Look at how great it is in this area. It's honestly been hard in every way for us. It seemed that way, like like we could tell it was really everything seemed really awesome most of the time in Bemidji. Yeah. Yeah, but then I thought, you know, it's like I just got a degree in something. I can't get a job in here. We need more services for Julie, and they have you know more friendly 
services, we thought, over here in Washington and Oregon, but apparently Washington's never implemented everything that they said they were going to. I guess that not being true specifically in Yakima. Yeah. And so, I don't know, it just seemed, I don't know, it just seemed like oops. (laughs) Right. So, it's like, I don't know, I don't want to make that mistake again. Right. So, it's like, I have no idea what to do after this, but I don't want to be the guy that should have gone and done something like you're right saying last night or planned on doing it went to do it and you know go oops well <laughs> you know I, I you know i don't want to be afraid to to do things yeah like you were talking about i'm like oh no see it's like that just made me a little more stressed and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> no no it's, i yeah. know it's it's i don't want to be yeah I just don't want to be that guy that keeps messing things up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. And I just, I mean, if it's any encouragement at all, I I just feel like a lot, the what happens in it is is a lot at our hands, you know? Yeah. We can't, we can't manufacture all that, you know? God directs in different ways in our lives. Yeah. I think everybody... Especially when it's not good, which let's be honest, when you're stepping out on faith, it's usually not good for a while at least. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Very seldom is it, man, I stepped out on faith and it was awesome instantly forever. Well, it's like when we got that lease, like, I don't know, it took two months, but that seemed like two months too long. I bet. In that kind of situation. And so, yeah, it wasn't good for us right away. And then we get there. And a few months later, all that horrible stuff. Yeah. You know, there's those people that did that, those kids. And he said that he, uh, he said that he uh, was sorry and those friends, he was never going to hang around with those friends and those friends gave him the gun and all this stuff. Yeah. Well, did you hear about the people that got arrested? Uh, here, I'll show you this. So I didn't even hear this, so that was him? That was him. They're saying they don't know who did it, but I think they're saying the fifteen year old did it, so he can get it you know, they were trying to say it's self defense. Right. Yeah. And the, his brothers came out right away, but that kid stayed in the house it stayed in for hours before he finally surrendered. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's those kids. So they let him... I didn't hear this. They just basically let him go and pretend it was just an accident? Yeah. Yeah, they dropped it. They dropped the whole thing. How could they do that? They're minorities, for one. And I think the system's... I don't know. He, he knows... They know how to play the system. That's crazy, though. Yeah, he got away with it. And then he goes and gets involved in that. In today's age, especially, you have a kid with an illegally obtained firearm shooting it off in an apartment complex where it goes through somebody's walls. Yeah, and he they dropped it. They dropped the whole and thing. And do nothing. Yeah. Just a whoops, sorry. Yeah. Let him get away with it. And then, because he's underage. And then this thing, he's probably going to get away with it because he's underage. They're, even if he wasn't the one, they're going to say he was the one. Because no one's around that saw it. The one guy died. Right. So, 
And I don't know how they couldn't tell forensics, though, who shot the gun. That's really strange to me. They should be able to, you think. Yeah. Well, this is Yakima, right? Do they pay that much attention here? I don't know. Yeah. So that, you know, it's, I don't know. So and we ran into that situation. Right. And our neighbor downstairs would blast music to her. It would vibrate our couch. So then we got to move to the triplex Jason owns, but our neighbors smoke. So okay. if we go outside, we get assaulted by smoke. If we leave our window open for fresh air, we get assaulted by smoke. So it's like every time almost. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. And it's like, but it's more ideal than where we lived, even though I can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> but a little better. A little, a little better. better. A little better. We'll a little see. better. You know, like he's, I was just saying all that to say, like you said, it's not right away. Yeah. That, you know, you step out on faith and it's very rare. Is it right away? Good. Yeah. And, uh, it hasn't been right away. Good. (laughs) And I haven't, you know, it's like, I got the one job and then it keeps going from two classes to one class to one class to two classes. And yeah, but I've been doing it for almost two years now. Yeah. Or, you know, a year and a half. So it's like, well, it's been steady, not enough money, not enough money at all. Right. But it's better than nothing. And it's like, I can't get hired for what I used to do anymore. For one, my body can't take it right now. And for two, they look at the fact that I have a master's degree and they're like, well, you're not going to stay stocking shelves overnight. Right. So it's like, so it's been little by little, it's gotten... Yeah. Gotten better. And like you said, it's very rare right away. Yeah. But it seemed right away in Bemidji. Yeah. Which is just wild to me why, you know, it just, that's why it's been a little, a lot harder this time around. Yeah. Because it's not right away. I think, you know, I think that's all part of the growth process that God brings us through, you know. It's like, you know, I think God treats us like we would our children. We know when they're young rewards right away because you're going to forget about it and it's not going to matter later, mm-hmm. you know they get older you let them endure some suffering you teach them things through that and then you know you let them even earn the reward later on you know I think God does that with us you know right. as we as we grow as people and in faith you know I think he goes this step of faith is going to be a little harder than the step of faith before you know mm-hmm. and I think you can see that in every Bible character you know it was yeah. a, it was always, then every next step was a lo- always a little bit more, you know. Well, that's for sure. But it's all part of bringing us to what he has for us, you know. Right. Because ultimately, you know, what he has for each one of us is not about just creating a good life for us here. Mm-hmm. You know, he, wants to, he wants us to have some influence on others and to do some good in this world, to be a light for him and to be a help to other people, you know. His plan for us is is along that way, you know. And so whatever he does, I feel like he he lets it, he guides us to that, you know. He didn't always reveal what that is right away, you know. It's this thing you got to do this, you know. I, yeah. So I don't see that light bulb going off anytime soon. So. <laughs> but I think I think. Part of the thing is he guides us through things that that lead to that and show us that, right? You know, who knows yeah. what it is, but yeah, I know that's that's another 
subject altogether. And even where I was at, you know, just even my testimony, where I was, I could have stayed there and been well taken care of and was good and had a big thriving church that I could have, you know, taken over in probably five, six years, you know, and just stayed there and had a good life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody would have been happy. It would have been fine, you know. It just wasn't the way that I felt the Lord was leading us. Right. You know? A little too comfortable. And so, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It just wasn't what, you know, God was pressing on our hearts to, especially, I saw a burden for specifically, not just Washington in general with this kind of church, mm-hmm. but of Yakima Valley in general. Um, before they even contacted us, just knowing of, a number of churches that were in the older stages and kind of starting to feel it and starting to dwindle and starting to hurt um, without a real clear succession or plan for the future, you know. Um, And I don't know if I even ever told you this, but there was a pastor that came from the South that came and preached at a fellowship meeting. He says, when I think of Baptist church, I think of that hallway with the line of, you know, the previous pastors and what they had done. And I was thinking, man, that is not normal in Washington. There's, in fact, there's only a handful of churches that have had two pastors mm-hmm. that have had even a second generation of success. And it just, and maybe it has something to do with the mindset of those that came out and started churches and the pioneer mindset was necessary to fight to do it for the first time but didn't have the same skill set to pass it on you know what I mean I don't know there's a lot of that still now though I mean there's like you said Baptist churches haven't had a whole lot of success in the northwest right and you do have to have that pioneer mindset to start it but like but there is they don't have a lot of people aren't around long enough to pass it on yeah or they lose that drive, that pioneer spirit, to uh, to do anything about it. Right, and I, I didn't, I don't want to be the person that criticizes all those people and what they did or didn't do, and whether it was good or bad or right mm-hmm. or wrong. I just know that the reality was, and what I was pressed with was the fact that there was a lot of churches I could tell that it wouldn't, they didn't look like they were going to make another generation the way they were going. You know. There's a church here that, well, maybe they, <laughs> their interior looks like it's the same one they've had for the last 30 yeah. years. That's uh, on, I think it's Yakima Bible Baptist yeah. or something. That church was started from this church. Yeah, but they look like they haven't changed anything. They haven't. Things well, are have super faded in that, in that uh, whole Auditorium, like nobody's changed, any, like bothered. Yeah, I don't know why, but they have a lot of people still going there. A good amount, not like they used to, though. No, 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 not at all. But it was a lot more neater. Yeah, which is you know, but that was before all the pandemic and stuff. Right. But still, they had better numbers. Right. And uh, I don't know. That's this church had the uh, whole split thing. Right. Well, that didn't help, and honestly, and I, oh, I'm saying I'll say it publicly, but not, I wouldn't necessarily say it to everybody. But I don't know that this church really realized how close it was to 
I mean, being at the point where they were not going to have services no more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's really interesting what happened, and I was very surprised by people's reactions. I thought, well, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you say enough is enough or kick whoever out? And it's like, I, I just can't believe the amount of people that got mad about that. Right, you know? I thought that was very strange to me, especially considering Kelly's grandpa, like, took it so personally. Yeah, I think everybody did. And I'm like, why? When I got here, I mean, from just talking to people, it was like it happened yesterday. Yeah. You know? I can imagine. Um, it was very much not over with, you know. Yeah, it's like, well, can't you see what he did was wrong? And but no, they didn't. Maybe it's the way it was handled or something. But still, regardless, I think that's. I don't. I don't know. From what I understood, I didn't see anything wrong with the way Bonner went about it. I think, but I can imagine people taking that so personally, saying, "Oh, you shouldn't have done that." It's like what. Right. And it's like, I don't know. I was very surprised. And, but, you know, some of these people, yeah, but I was also surprised to learn how many of Kelly's relatives vote Democrat, too. So I don't know. Maybe I don't know people as well as I thought I did. <laughs> that, that was honestly a very almost uh, jarring paradigm shift in my life when I realized this was specifically within churches. But I thought people in church that were faithful to church believed what the Bible said and practiced it. Yeah. That's why they were faithful to church. That's what I thought. Yeah. And it was a really strange moment when I realized, oh, actually, not at all. Yeah. Like, probably less than half. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like, well, why would you vote for the guy who was okay with killing babies? You know, and it's like, I just, I don't know, I just, that that thing still gets me, um, you know, but, or... Uh, not necessarily believing that the ears, believing that King James Bible wasn't the inspired word of God. Right. And it doesn't matter which version of the Bible. It's like, what? Really? Yeah. Can you understand that the NIV even isn't even close to the same thing as the King James? Yeah. And it's like, and yeah. That, we had, um, even from here, which is kind of amazing, looking through years and years ago of, they would record people that left the church, right? Yeah. And what happened to them. And there were people that left here that were members of this church for years and years that went and became Jehovah's Witnesses or Catholics or Mormons. And if you make that shift, I mean, you did not, you did not grasp the doctrines of the Word of God. You just could not have. I can almost see the Mormon thing because they come across like they are the same or they try to. With people yeah, but if you're first. tricked that way, you, you don't know what the Bible teaches. Well, no, no. Yeah, you, <laughs> you haven't gotten I mean? into it enough. No, yeah, you're Which right. Which if you, if you were, man, you got saved yesterday and you joined the church and you've been here six months, I get that. If you've been a member of the church for a decade, well, that's, and you go and become a Mormon, how does that happen? Maybe they didn't put enough effort into it. You know, just, it's a, that's a strange thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's the exact same. Yeah, it's just like that. And I'm like... I know, I have those moments every once in a while, too, where it's just like, wow, I did not expect that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's, well, that's a, probably a human thing, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, my point of saying that was that when we came here, it was because of a need, mm -hmm. you know, knowing 
and I'll even say it this way, to do what I believe God would have us to do here at this church and be a help and revive it and get it thriving and excited again is more work than starting a church. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, attracting people, attracting people that uh, are not from this church that are younger that want to be a part of this. It's like, that's a challenge. It is. It is. Because you're not going to get a lot of, you know, I mean, no matter what I am, I'm not the church, you know. No, but <laughs> it does help having, yeah, I, I, I have found it odd that for the last, well, I guess almost four years now, I have had a pastor for the first time in my life that was younger than me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm at that point in my life now. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> but it has been so refreshing. Yeah. And I, and I think it is because they're younger. I just, I, they weren't taught the same. Yeah. And all three of them had been at the, the college in Oklahoma at yeah. one point or another, yeah. which is fascinating to me again. So I thought, is there a connection there? Is it more the youth thing or is it more the college thing? Maybe it's a little of both, but yeah, I think so. But it's been it's I don't know, it's been something I haven't quite understood why it's been so much easier to connect with, and maybe it's because I've never been well in the growing mindset. You know, since I started going to school, I've been more open to growth in areas. And, sure. You know, yeah. and I haven't been like closed off, and I think way more for myself now than I did before I started going yeah. to college. And uh, I don't know, it's it's refreshing that they're not saying the same things and doing the same things that people have done for the last sixty years. Yeah. You know, or uh, you know, one hundred and fifty years, I guess, because some of them still the same way they did back in the early 1800s yeah and you can't really do that and expect i mean it's not like you're doing anything wrong or anything it's right. just it's more open to growth and understanding versus you know we have to do it this way and this way only you know yeah. and it's been so nice yeah and i don't know i feel more connected to what's being said now than i did beforehand that yeah. makes sense. It does. I've, I kind of studied that for a while to try to find out that phenomenon that seemed pretty specific to American fundamentalist history. You know? Yeah. And Why they say you have to do it this way or not at all. Right. And so, I mean, the short version is just that throughout the 1940s specifically, big time, 30s, 40s, even as far back as the 20s, and of course, you know, German rationalism and all of that, and that starts to become a big thing and seeps into churches here. And really prior to that, there wasn't, there was a lot of even unity amongst Christians of different faiths. So we wouldn't, a Baptist wouldn't be all that much different from a Presbyterian. And I mean, a lot of these different, mm -hmm. you know, groups were very similar and would preach the same thing and had the same ideas, you know, um, and differed on some, some key doctrines, but they, they were the same on, on the gospel and different things. And that kind of seeped in 
there became what is known as, you know, Christian liberalism, which would be different than secular liberalism, but the same concept, you know, and it's seeped in all these churches, and we start mm-hmm. seeing all these churches start to accept all these different things, you know. Other Bible versions weren't really a big deal until that time. A lot of all of these things that became issues that be, were not issues until mm-hmm. that moment. And so, and they became issues doctrinally. So that's when fundamentalism started. So there were Baptists, and then there became fundamentalists, which were holding to the fundamental of the faith, which were are good, excellent, holding to certain doctrines because those doctrines started to slip. And those would, I think, are timeless. Mm-hmm. But what came along with that is this cultural shift that came with it, you know. So one big one throughout the 40s and 50s was, of course, women's dress changed and they stopped wearing dresses exclusively and they started to enter the workforce and they're wearing pants and, you know, rock music all of a sudden becomes a thing where secular music did take a huge moral hit, you know, Mm -hmm. throughout the 50s, 60s, that, you know, that age to where all of a sudden... Elvis Presley... (laughs) You know, movies, I mean, all of that, that whole ball of wax um, started to influence. And so there was, it was this whole 1950s golden age of Christianity that held to the fundamentals and had this, that now people that grew up or lived in that time or who were trained by guys that were through that time, that's how they pictured Christianity. Mm-hmm. Picture the 1950s America Christianity shirt and tie, lady in a dress, right. no rock music. I mean, it just that that's how they pictured it, you know. Yeah. Uh, even in contemporary Christian music, it's a whole, which is a whole different conversation, but contemporary Christian music started as a contemporary Christian music movement. And throughout the 70s, particularly, they made it expressed objective throughout the contemporary Christian music movement, their point objectively on purpose was to emulate in their words, the music of the world to be more appealing. That was their purpose to do so, you know? And so obviously those that were fundamentalists rejected that whole movement on the basis of they're not trying to please God. They're trying to please the world. Mm -hmm. So now today you have people that, say if you have contemporary music you're part of that movement and so thus anything written or done new or in our contemporary time period is rejected that may have nothing to do with the idea of I wouldn't want to sound like the world it's just a person today can be just as moved by the spirit to write a new song and wants to praise the Lord with something new nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. it's good you're right you know yeah I just I thought, well, okay, let's take that music that was written, all these hymns written in the 1800s or what have you. You know, they probably would have been rejected by people in the 1700s for being too worldly, you know. Look at uh, some classical music was even rejected because it seemed like it was too devilish, you know. And so, so where does the line stop? Right. I mean... So you're going to say, okay, well, this invention of this instrument was, you know, of the devil. And it's like, using this instrument will make you... It's like, that doesn't make any sense. Right. I mean, it's like, it's not the instrument, it's what you do with it. Right. 
and that's what the we had a missionary and at uh, was it Faith Baptist in Spokane uh, supports a whole bunch of missionaries. Some of them the same ones we do. Yeah. Um, but uh, they had a guy that was a former baseball player who became a missionary to Africa, and I can't remember what his name is, but he was in the big leagues yeah. and he had his own cards and everything. Oh wow. Yeah, and uh, he. He came, he brought a drum or something, and he's like, see this thing? He's like, this isn't, he's like, there's no, nothing devilish about this drum. He's right. like, and he tried to explain it, and it's what you do with it. And it's like, you could hear a pin drop when he wasn't talking or hitting yeah. the drum. It's like, everyone's like, what? <laughs> and I thought, and I hadn't seen him since after, yeah, because uh, yeah, you know, that was like a year and a half before we left to Alaska again, and didn't see him again after that. And, yeah. Which is really fascinating, but uh, I thought, well, and then the church in Fairbanks. I remember at one point I had a teacher in Anchorage when we lived there at a Christian school that played the drums. Yeah, she was so good at it, and they were awesome. And they were like, "Oh my goodness, they're playing that, you know, worldly. You know, how could they do that? How right. could she say, you know, it, they just." Oh. I was like, oh, I thought she was pretty good. And they looked at me and I walked off. <laughs> it's like, but, uh, you know, saying, and, but in the same church, I was freaking out about that. Uh, within the last few years, decade or so, I guess they've started adding more instruments to the thing. And one of the guys that, uh, his name's Mr. McCurdy. He plays an electric bass guitar. Yeah. They're letting him play that with the hymns now. Right. But not in a guitar has to be acoustic. <laughs> no, you can't have a beat. They almost came unhinged when this acoustic group showed up and did the you know, with right. a with a faster beat in one of their songs. Oh yeah, I'm like, <laughs> it's like where does the line <laughs> end in this thing? Right. And you know, it's I thought it was interesting that they would allow electric bass guitar, but electric guitar itself is not you know because it's too of the world. Right. It's like that doesn't make any sense. And the fear is from from these people is that once you start, it's a slippery slope and anything goes all of a sudden, you know. Well, you could say that about anything, though. Right, you know. So you have a little sugar with your coffee. Pretty soon you're eating, you know, Twinkies by the box full every night. Right, you know. And that kind of thing. And I think I think it's good to have lines. And I think we all, as people and as churches, ought to have standards that we go, man, this is appropriate. We're not going to do this, you know, whatever, everything. I'm not saying throw a rave in the services. What's weird to me is the attitude behind it, especially when later on those things change. I know. (laughs) It's like music's evolved, and people have said it was of the devil for since the beginning of time. So it's like, well, how far back do we go? We start playing instruments with bow and gut strings. Well, they, actually, churches did make a big deal when they first started using pianos in churches. See? It was a big deal. You yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> or brass instruments. Or, I mean, right. it's like, we're, we're going to do a harp, I guess. And, you know, and was that, that was probably bad at one point, too. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah. I'm just, it's like, it doesn't make any sense. It's, or to say that something's been played too fast, you know, it has too much of a beat to it. Right. I just... That that argument doesn't hold water at all for me. Right. And I'm okay understanding that anybody might say, I don't know, but we're going to put a line here. Mm-hmm. As long as that's done with a grace to say, maybe we're wrong. 
Right. And I'm not saying this is sin, but this is just what we're going to do. Right. What's weird to me and what I think has been inappropriate is the dogmatism in it, you know, Mm -hmm. um, in whatever category. I mean, there used to be people that would preach that, man, if you come to church or you preach in a shirt that's not white, I mean, you're sinful. Jeans. Yeah, jeans. Preach in jeans or if you don't have a tie on. Yeah. The uh, pastor in Fairbanks does not want anybody that gets up from the church, the kid, you know, to have a beard. Yeah, I've heard that. I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, there's nothing wrong with beards, just you know, but he doesn't want preachers to have them because I heard him say because it's almost like, what are you hiding? What? <laughs> no, because people, you know, what I've, are you hiding? Yeah, you know, by having a beard because it looks. Suspicious. That old lady that I was staying with in Woodenville. Yeah. She said that to me. Okay. And I was like, what? I'm like, I'm not hiding in. I was like, <laughs> she said that to me. That's weird. Yeah. It's like, it's like, what are you hiding? Which I, again, I want to have grace on people that think those kinds of things. But it's weird that people would, and here, especially the statement that you just made, which I've heard a lot, is people that will admit, I know the Bible doesn't say this, but I think it. And then to make the leap to say, and therefore I'm going to make you do it. Yeah. That's where I go, how can you do that? You know? I know. There are things I can say, and I, I've, I preach this, you know? Like I said, I, I can't say the Bible says you shouldn't have purple mohawk. That bothers you. I can't say, but but I would never do that. No, I wouldn't feel comfortable that way. I can't really say, well, that's the line of worldliness. That's the line of inappropriate. But to me, it would identify with a type of person, a people group that I wouldn't. That's not what I want to look like. But I have no right to go to somebody else and say, man, you shouldn't. That's right. inappropriate. That's unbiblical. I got no grounds for that. All right. Yeah, and it's, I, I used to be uh, like, oh, look what they're doing. And, and this guy's like, this guy and his uh, usher and Fairbanks he mis- named Mr. Paul. she looked at me and he's like, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> right. He was kind of whispering it a little bit because yeah. of the church we were in. It's like, he did that a few times, like every once in a while over his course of a couple of years. I'm like, wow, he's kind of right, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, does it matter? It's like, I guess not. I mean, how does it affect me? It really doesn't. I mean, it doesn't say anything about purple hair in the Bible, you know, that kind of thing. So, And the bigger issue to me is this, and especially, sorry to say, a lot of Baptist churches I've I've been at, those issues Mm -hmm. become the forefront of what's talked about, what's preached about, what the metric by which we evaluate spirituality. And I'm sorry to say, but a lot of them, there's no passion in worship. There's no heartfelt desire to serve God. It feels like you're at a funeral when you go to service. I mean, there's just no... But yet everybody's concerned about what so-and-so's wearing. Who cares? Where's Where's the love for God? Where's the love for people? Well, that's... Well, that's the thing, though. That... I tell you, you've never been in a song service like the ones they have in Fairbanks. Yeah. You know, where they, they sing for an hour. Yeah. 
or you know, or they sing like forty some minutes or an hour with uh, hymns, and they'll do half an hour with Bibles. I mean, yeah. just it's a long thing. You yeah. could look down, and it's two and a half hours you've been there. Right. And that's normal. Yeah. I mean, that's not an exception. Right. <laughs> but you know, half of that song service. Yeah. And it just I don't know. It feels amazing. Yeah. But. Uh, but I guess the attitude of the underlying attitude of everything going on at the church was left something to be desired. Yeah. It, did, it definitely didn't feel like you're at a funeral, but at the same time, it felt off. Yeah. The attitude fell off, and yeah. and uh, I don't know. That's kind of like here. It's I I feel like the like maybe there's the right attitude behind things here, but it feels like. Yeah. in the song service yeah. and uh so i don't know it's it, it's weird to see it like the opposite effect right like we have a better attitude here about things well somewhat i guess at least the younger people yeah and but uh, you know the uh it feels like a funeral yeah and uh i'm it's i i, I hate so I I don't know it's and I think that's the the issue that this whole thing has developed in churches where that's not even seen I mean people don't even see it yeah. you know people that are just stuck in the fundamental Baptist movement are all they're seeing is the T's and the I's and do you do this do you not do this yeah what's the do you sing from the hymn book right you know I'm at, with the screens, I put the screens up, and I had half the church come up and say, "Hey, are we gonna put the hymns up there because we need to use the hymn book?" Those hymn books are ancient. Which is, I get the point of if somebody's idea was, "Hey, I think we should stay in the music because we're losing musical capabilities, and I want people to read music rather than just read words." I, you know what? I, I agree with that. But the idea of it's really not about that for a lot of people, and I'm not saying who is who. I don't know. Yeah, but I know for a lot of people, it's just the idea of we gotta use the book because that's what Baptists do. I know, you know? I know, and that becomes the issue that's so much more important than nobody even notices. Hey, is is there any life in the song service? Isn't that more concerning to anybody? Well, we can feel that you know you might not hear the audible groans, but you can feel it coming off of people when there's a third song. Yeah. It's like, oh, I mean, I'll admit, I even groan. Yeah. Like, and I like song services. Well, I, other places. I like song <laughs> services other places. But when there's a third song, I'm like, oh. I don't know if you'd see my, my son and I, you know, poking each other yeah. during church. Yeah. <laughs> we do that a I lot. Because yeah. it's just like, I don't know, our attention goes elsewhere, I guess. And we're not even looking at the phones. Right. At least I'm not. Right. Justin does a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't blame him. Right. <laughs> and because, uh, you know, that book's so old, it's like it doesn't have some of the songs that I used to sing in other churches. Yeah. I, I mean, there was that, that Be Thou My Vision. Yeah. It's like the oldest hymn you can possibly find out there. Right. But it's not in this book, and it's freakishly amazing. It is. It's a good song. It's one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard in my life. I mean, just the melody with it and the words, and you're like, holy cow. Yeah. 
why isn't this everywhere? Right. <laughs> you know, but uh, it's not in that book. You know, that book's like older than dirt. Yeah. So, but you know, it's got they're all dedicated to people. So it's like you get rid of them or you get rid of the dedication. Right. Just, That's uh, a whole other conversation. Which. Yeah, I'm just glad the pictures that were lining the walls upstairs aren't there anymore. I, this is not something I can do anything about in any time soon. But I just do not think any part of the church should be dedicated to any individual. You know, I just, I just don't. That's not what we're here for. This there, is not a memorial for people. No. You know, and I appreciate anybody's contribution, what they've done. We ought to honor that. But this building is to be used for the propagation of the word of God and to help people. It's not a memorial for anybody. It's no. It's purpose. You're right. There was a part of the church in Fairbanks that was a memorial for my grandpa. Yeah. My mom, or my mom, my grandma paid for this wing to oh, be yeah. built on the side of the church that was basically used for the, the soul winning section. Like you come up to the altar, you get yeah. taken over to this room. And uh, this wooden eagle that my statue thing that my grandpa had was put in there too. Yeah. There was a little plaque and everything, and but then they start calling it the Eagle Wing. Yeah. Uh, instead of like saying my grandpa yeah. was dedicated to my grandpa, I was kind of offended by that. But I suppose I see what you're saying. Yeah. She shouldn't have part of the uh, church uh, memorialized for somebody. That makes sense. And I think it's important to remember people, and I think there's, yeah. there's a good way we can we can do that. Mm-hmm. But I think when we start putting pieces of the church and parts of it as something that's about a person, it stops being about what its purpose is. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, there should be nothing here that we can't change on a dime if it's going to better suit serving our community, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. And that goes somewhat along with the not having idols thing. Right. I mean, that's kind of along the same lines, right? Right. Because if it stops being about... Christ and it's kind of basically gets set up as an idol of some sort in your life right or false you know and yeah I can see that um, I don't think we should do this but I'm I mean it should be as far as if it would be a, a benefit to reaching this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ to just sell this building and go be a storefront in downtown yeah we should do that yeah we should just we shouldn't even be a thought like, okay, if that's going to be better we should do it yeah no, I don't think it would be, but I'm just saying if, if it did. Right. <laughs> well, you know, you get to a point where the buildings can't do much, you know. Right. Yeah, and it's like, so, it's like, do you just hold on to the building for tradition's sake? Because you're the oldest Baptist church in Washington State? Right. Or do you move to do something better? Well, we still would be. That wouldn't, the building wouldn't change that. I thought that was the whole thing. No. No. It's the whole organization that's right. all this the organization um, that was organized in the year that it was but that comes along with the building in some people's minds though I'm sure of it for some people it does that's a kind of a problem you know yeah saying so why change this it's been fine for 60 years no <laughs> no so but that's I mean that's just everything you know right down the line it's a mindset that doesn't see honestly it is I wouldn't call anybody that's doing that or has that or stuck in that a Pharisee 
and say that they are. But the mindset is akin to the way the Pharisees thought. You know, to where Jesus says, man, you tithe of mint and anise and you do all these great things, but you leave the weightier matters of the, of the law undone. You know, you don't love God, you don't love your neighbor, and you're not engaging in any of these things. Mm. He says, you ought to have done this, but you ought to leave not the other undone. And that was the fault of the Pharisees. They just idolized these minor issues, which have a place and are important in their place. Mm-hmm. But when they take over, it's a it's a totally different picture. You know what I mean? All right. It, wow. It's not that they're not there. It's that, like anything, when you elevate something that ought not be the focus to the focus, mm-hmm. it's a whole different animal, you know? All right. In our marriage, if I make my whole marriage about whether or not my wife makes dinner at night, and that's the whole marriage hinges on that's whether or not we're happy. It's a whole different picture. Is that important? It could be important. You know, yeah. That could be an important aspect of marriage. It's not something that doesn't matter. It's not something that doesn't deserve a conversation. But it's a weird picture if, if that's marriage. Right. You know. At least your wife can make dinner. <laughs> Some I'm wives, not, not, I'm, mine makes dinner like yeah. crazy. She's <laughs> awesome at it. But her brother's wife... On the other hand, <laughs> no. Anyway, no, no. Yeah, I just, yeah, I can see your, I can see that, um, and that's why you're don't like to get too much into politics. And, but that's going to be the thing we talk about a lot. And this, I got a feeling, although we haven't yeah. touched on anything today. And I'm, I'm okay talking about politics. I have political feelings, but it's a purposeful. There's a lot of things I do that are purposeful because of the demographic I'm called to minister to. Mm-hmm. And because I'm ministering, I'm an independent Baptist, I'm ministering to independent Baptists that have idolized politics, have idolized republicanism. Mm-hmm. It's been part of what has happened. And I will purposefully push against that agenda, not because I'm, I don't agree with a lot of those things, but just because that's not Christianity. Patriotism is wonderful. It's not Christianity. No. It's just, you, let me put it this way. You can be a biblical Christian in America and be pleasing to the Lord and have not a patriotic bone in your body. You just can't. I mean, that's, that's not part of the Bible. Now, would I agree that you ought to be patriotic? Yeah. That's good for our country. You ought to have some desire to love your country. You ought to defend it. I I'll agree with you all on those things, but that's political, that's opinion, that's that's me as a person. I can't defend that with the Bible. I just can't. Okay. Yeah. It's become a little bit of an, an idol. I think it's come it's become an idol too maybe have felt that they're pushed to that though yeah I mean because there's a huge group of people for whatever reason don't have patriotic bones in their body at all yeah and just want to treat this like I don't know like 
like we're what the world shouldn't be. Right. You know, like we're the worst thing about everything on this planet. And uh, yet they live here. And because they live here, they're allowed to say those things. Right. And they're allowed to do the things that they do that aren't patriotic. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they don't see the irony in this. Yeah. You know, it's like this is a country that's afforded you those privileges. And that alone should make it the greatest country in the world in your mind. Right. I mean, you're allowed to do what you do, say what you say, live how you live, because you are a citizen of this country. That should at least garner some loyalty from you. Yeah. In some form or another. I think that's that's right there is the the whole point right there. The fact that you are freely allowed to hate your country proves you're in a pretty good place. Yeah, exactly. And you should want to protect that. Right. And make sure that that life that not that lifestyle that not that maybe mindset um, Alan is protected and allowed to continue. Yeah. Um, that uh, privileges and it's so and but no, there's these people don't care about that yeah. or they say they don't. I just I don't understand the logic behind that and uh, so those kind of people have pushed the people that think that you need to be patriotic and to right. the point you said that, that it's become an idol in their life yeah. so um, human I guess the one side's humanism perhaps and the other side's just I don't know if they did it on purpose but they just feel like they have to yeah you know a lot of them um, because you know if they don't who will right so and I'm good with all that yeah I really am I'm, I'm on board with all that. But that's not doesn't make it Christianity. I know. There's a lot of things I'm on board with that are not Christianity. <laughs> you know? That's true. But, well, some might say that uh, perhaps the idea of having a podcast is not something, you know. Right. It's not, you know, you can't, def what are you doing wasting your time on that? That's not biblical. Right. So what would you say to somebody that said that this was a ridiculous idea for you? There's a lot of things. Everybody's going to spend their entire 24 hours in their day. Mm -hmm. And there's a varying degrees of importance on each task that a person does. This is true. Some are of utmost importance, all the way down to things that we do just for our own leisure. And every single person has leisure. Mm -hmm. Every single person is going to, whether you watch TV, whether you sit around, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? All, everyone's going to do that. And they're going to do things that are hobbies but have important that work out. And I think there's value in that. But little. You know. What I do is, it has little value, not a ton. You know. But this might mean something to somebody eventually. But And you go all the way up the ladder. So you go to where, is this church? Is this a church? No. You know? Not even it, close. Is it, you know, going out and maybe trying to lead somebody to the Lord? It maybe could. I don't know. But it's something that has value to be able to talk and does that. And I think beyond that, I think it has a great degree of value in the sense of just letting people know that I feel like there's a lot of people that have all these felt things that they don't express and don't talk about. And it and it drives some bitterness towards God, towards other Christians. Um, I, 
think it's why we've seen just this huge influx of people that say, you know, Christians are hypocrites and Christians are this. Because they feel all these things. They don't talk about them. And they just think that that's the way everyone is. Right. You know? And I think it's important to be able to liberate people to the point where they can say, it's okay to have this opinion. It's okay to feel this way. It's okay to talk about these things. And so I think it does have importance that way. But everything doesn't have to be the most important thing. No, no, it's, yeah, I mean, there would be people that said, you're wasting your time doing anything but going out door to door. Right. You know, or it's like, well, not everybody can go door to door. Not every, right. You know, and that's, again, there's something wrong with you if you don't feel called to go out door to door. Or right. you don't feel called to go out to Zambia. Right. No, so, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's like, so, um, you know, anything but, so I think there's going to, there is a bunch of people that would say that anything like this would be a waste of time. And, uh, but I think, like you said, there's some value in it because there's, I don't know if there's anybody that, or this could reach somebody that didn't think that it was okay to have these ideas right you know it's like look here's a guy that's you know a couple of guys that are faith-based or try to be <laughs> and uh and they're expressing ideas i didn't think i would hear from people that were in that camp so to speak right so i i i'm really excited about the potential there yeah because this could be this could be a way I can go door to door without feeling like I'm going to jump out of my skin or something, you know, because I am not good with new people. Yeah. And I, I, I tried, I've gone door to door and I shake. Yeah. I can't talk unless they talk to me. And that's barely, I had went one time and I, I was like so freaked out. My wife made my made my older son go with me, so he'd be the one to talk yeah. at the doors. Yeah. And he was like 15 at the time, or yeah. 14, and he could do it better than I could because I just, I don't know, I just can't. And it's like I went because I wanted to. I wanted to do something, but I, I just can't talk. Yeah. And they're like, that's odd for someone that's teaching. And it's like, well, that's a little different thing altogether. It definitely is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, teaching's nothing compared to eternity, and the importance of that, let alone with not knowing, I don't know exact words to say, and my personality is, like, I'd rather stay in my house, yeah, or go out by myself and leave me alone, kind of thing. Right. You know, I just, I'm so introverted. It's, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I think that's an important thing to even just note, and is good, and I would not to get back on the just kind of what has traditionally been done in churches a lot of times but I feel like we have elevated a certain gifts and certain ways to exercise those gifts as the the box that you have to stay in mm -hmm. like go take the our church was go, go take the question mark off the wall right you know like yeah, during the called I don't know there were kind of some sort of services I forget what they were called exactly but it was like a call to action kind of thing yeah. 
and uh, there would be always people giving their life to the Lord, and they would have, go up and take a question mark. I answer, did you take a question mark? You know, there's something right. wrong with you. You don't feel like going to do this or something right. like that. And it's like, well, it's not a matter of feeling. It's a, I'm just not made to do that. Right. Not everybody's made to be that kind of person. Right. And I'm not. Right. <laughs> and I have a really hard time talking in front of people, too, even in English classes, by the way. Yeah. So this might be my way of being able to do something like that. Yeah. I think I was... I almost think I was meant for this kind of thing, for online, because I can do this. Right. And uh, but that takes another kind of animal altogether. Right. And you know, I'm sure my my brother-in-law is also introverted, but he's able to at least be out there. And, you know, he's a yeah. pastor, and he he goes door to door, and he can do that. Right. It's a little harder for him than most pa pastors. Yeah. Though. But I'm not even, I'm worse than that. Right. Well, everybody's gifted differently. Yeah. And I that's hate what I mean. the words extroverted and introverted as if, like, there's two types of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really not. And then there's you know people I mean? that don't fit either one. Like, they're, right. they're, like, they're an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert. Right. You know, I'm just. Well, on that spectrum, I'm more introverted than extroverted. Yeah. I mean, I just am. I don't think there's an extroverted bone in my body. <laughs> I used to be a lot way more outgoing when I was a teenager, yeah. but I don't know. I honestly think it might have got something to do with the amount of times I've been hit in the head since. Yeah. I mean, I've had so many concussions. I can't even remember all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that has something to do with it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I used to get hit on the head a lot. Yeah. And uh, it's there was a really bad one about five years ago I landed on my head on ice Ooh. like yeah you could hear it just that sickening yeah sound Ooh. yeah and uh, the guy's like are you all right I'm like yeah you like, you want me to call I'm like oh I just need help getting up and he's like are you sure I got up and then like a couple like the next day I did it again slightly oh not it, not nearly as bad. Yeah, but it was in the Wendy's parking lot instead of the University of Alaska parking lot, and I don't know. It just that was like I get dizzy in chairs now. Yeah. I, I get super dizzy now. It's like when my kid used to twirl me in the chair. That was fun. I I get sick. Yeah. Now and it's like I can't do that anymore. And so I don't know. I think it changed my personality. To be honest, I know somebody that. They had a major, major concussion playing football. Me, uh, me too. <laughs> and they just, they had memory lapses for like, for like a year after that. They struggled with, like they, at first they could not remember who they were, who their family was. Like they, and then they would have weird lapses in memory for like a year after that. But then their personality was not quite the same after that. Like just kind of a different personality. Not even bad or something where you go, sick or you're wrong just different you know I think that I wonder if that's when it happened because I we were practicing once uh, you know hitting each other as hard as we could right before a game mm -hmm. and this one kid our sophomore year he showed up the next year with 40 more pounds of muscle yeah <laughs> so right yeah. And, and he was angry all the time 
So I don't want to point any finger. Yeah, yeah, it's a teenager thing, right? Yeah. So he hit me once, and it was so hard. You know, I really thought that that thing where ringing your bell was just a saying, but I could hear a bell being rung. I was just, I'm like, I was out of it. I kept going though, and I don't know. I I don't know how. It's just like I got done with the game, and I was like. Well, uh, who do we play next? He's like, that was it. I'm like, what do you mean? So no, that was the last game. I'm like, I had forgot over a week, oh, wow. and I when I was I was somehow thought I was in the same game that I got hit right beforehand. Oh wow. Yeah, I never got that checked out either. By the way, I never <laughs> went to the doctor because my parents had no money and right. we didn't have state insurance, and so. I don't know. I had several injuries like that where I got injured and we didn't have insurance. Yeah. That's probably why I'm having issues now. <laughs> but uh, no, I got, I, I forgot over a week, like a couple of weeks worth of time. And I had thought I was literally in the same game. Yeah. I was like, oh, and that whole year before that, I played it with a helmet that was so tight on my head. I had to pry the helmet off. Oh, no. And it left a band. All the way around my head that was swollen from that. So, like, even wearing a hat like this that has no, almost no pressure on my skull at all yeah. will eventually hurt enough to where I have to take the hat off. Oh, wow. Yeah, like the, the mask system for the apnea machine. Yeah. It's probably, probably part of the reason why I can't sleep through the night most of the time. I have to take that off eventually because it hurts my head. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, like, really bad, especially this part back here. So, I don't know. I think that whole thing probably had something to do with the personality shift. It might, yeah. I know. So, I'm not built like that. So, an opportunity to do something has been kind of an exciting deal for me. Yeah. That's part of the reason why I've been so disappointed in myself that it hasn't, <laughs> that things keep going wrong. Right. And so, fingers crossed, not hey. that there's a thing, you know, things such as luck. Right. But this, I'm, I'm really hoping this works. Yeah. Because I know how to promote things online. I know how to get things going like that. And I think this could be a big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, we weren't a I guess we were kind of organized today, right? A little bit. We have stayed in the same range. Yeah. We didn't have like a dozen topics. We had basically two. Yeah, yeah. So this has worked. More or less, yeah. Yeah, so I think what I'm going to do when I get home is like not mess with it. Yeah. <laughs> like if it works, I'm going to just like make a little intro and a little outro and call it good. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to bother slicing this one up at all. Yeah. Because I think uh, I think it's been a pretty decent one. Yeah, I think so. And it's a really good intro. I mean, look at it. We we talked about reasons why we're doing this. Yeah. We talked about attitude changes about this kind uh, about yeah. things that are. Do- it's been kind of a good intro. It has been. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, this has been. This has worked out well. All planned. So far. All yeah, planned. Yes, yes, we meant to, that was just practice. Exactly. Like you said. And <laughs> so we've gotten to a good point, and uh, it's been fantastic. And I can't wait to go over some news later, one of these days. 
There's a, there's a lot. At least, here's what's great. There'll always be more. It's never going to get boring. Especially, they think that news is going to be boring with Trump not, not you know, the ratings are going to go down. It's like, I don't see why. Yeah. Because if they think Trump was a clown, <laughs> what did they just elect? Someone that doesn't know he has the possibility to be a clown because he right. has dementia. Well, they may not make fun of him as readily in the media, but... Oh, no. No, he's a saint. Have, no, seriously, have you seen the pictures? Like, people have, like, painted him like a saint. And then there's some shots, the way they frame it, to where there's, like, a round object in the background that makes it look like he has a halo. Yeah. Those are done on purpose. I know they are. And there was something that somebody was trying to explain about that. They do that with every president. Did you ever see that with Trump? Oh, yeah. From, right. from the media. Not from the media, but from a lot of people that were pro-Trump. They idolized him. Well, I know, but... Hard. No, but they there didn't... There was a group of people that were big about man, Savior Trump, you know. Well, they didn't frame the... They didn't frame his shots, his media <laughs> shots, to make it look like there's a halo above his head. Right. The and media so, certainly didn't. They, didn't. they were not a fan, so... But... No. And, but, you know, I can... But when you consider what we've had, you know, it's like what he's compared to in that mindset. I don't know. He's not a savior, but. Right. To, the, the, there's a weird phenomenon to me in politics in general and just people yeah. to idolize leaders. Like they're just as, as a human phenomenon, I think. Well, it's always been like that, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not. It just always has been the case. Do you think? How I wonder how big of a fan club Solomon had. Oh yeah, he had people. I mean, the Queen of Egypt comes over. Yeah. To basically, you know. Yeah, you got your room in that. Uh, right. In that harem of yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and people from Ethiopia showing up. Yeah. And it's like they come That's a not, that's not a light journey. Right. <laughs> it's like he was. He was famous, and you know, it's and they idolized him, and he ended up not being the enjoying that a bit too much for someone that should have been idolized. Right. Yeah. So it just, yeah, that is a phenomenon, and it is a problem. But you think it would be less in our culture where a guy might be in power for four years, maybe eight years, but it's not a lifetime. Isn't that funny? We made a country over, we made a country because of someone that was idolized like that, right. and we didn't want any part of that, and now we do that anyway. We do. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, but it's weird because, and with both Trump and Biden, it's very interesting to me mm -hmm. because both sides elected their candidate in those certain circumstances reluctantly. Mm -hmm. When Trump was being elected, Republicans were very much like, I'm not excited, but I'll do it. Right. And the same thing with Biden. Dem every Democrat I talked to was like, yeah, he's not the best, but he's better than Trump. You know? I don't see how. I don't see how people think that somebody that was a part of the system for almost half a century isn't going to be, is going to be the solution all of a sudden. To what's gone on in the last half a century. Yeah, I don't Someone that said some words that he would never admit to today on right. the Senate floor. Right. 
that's had some very questionable actions. I don't I don't know how he gets a pass on all of that. Yeah. And how his son is not in jail. That was weird to me, you know, but Yeah. Is that a mark against Biden? Yes. Why? Because I'm sorry, but if you're always covering up for your son and he keeps needing that well into his 50s, there's maybe you weren't the best parent. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, maybe there should have been some consequences for his actions along the way, and he wouldn't be knocking up strippers. That's fair. You know, maybe he wouldn't be doing secret deals with oligarchs in Russia and with politicians in China. I think that's a principle. That's a biblical principle, honestly, because the Bible says for pastors or deacons, you got to have your house in order. Yeah. Because if you can't rule the house, how are you going to help the church? Right. So I think that's a fair practice to put into politicians. Right. And it's like how it's like he hasn't he hasn't led his you, you can you can tell he hasn't led his own house uh, very well. What makes you think you're going to lead this house? Right very well and you can say what you want to about Trump but his kids they're pretty upsetting people and they love him yeah they love him very much and they have done well in their lives right uh, even on their own which is very interesting despite his less than stellar marriage record that they're all well adjusted people that his kids turned out to be okay, you know. And they've been in the public spotlight their entire lives. Right. So the, all these child stars have used that as an excuse to the, how their lives has ended up so horribly. Yeah. Are just using excuses. I mean, seriously, if there was a kid that should be super messed up, it should be uh, Donald Jr. You would think so, right? Yeah. Or like his younger brothers. Right. But they're not. That's... That's amazing. It is very strange. You know, that shows to me that there's some qualities there that people were overlooking. Right. So, I don't know. And to me, that's a... I don't want to talk about Trump forever, but... I think that's my favorite thing about him. <laughs> that's that's an interesting quality, because I've had a hard time pinning down Trump. Yeah. Exactly. Because he's not... I don't think he has been or ever has been what either side has tried to make him into. That's right. You know what I mean? And so I've had a hard time thinking, who is this guy? You know, what does he really think? Because he says a lot of things to get a rise, to get a reaction, because he knows this is what i got to say to get this done. I but underneath it all, what is it? Him. I'm not here. It's fun, but... It's fun. <laughs> underneath, what is, you know, what does he really feel? What is he really as a man? Have you heard about all the awesome things he's done for people? Like, here's about this guy. He's having a hard trouble. Right. He gives him 20 grand. Yeah. Here's about a soldier that, uh, a bunch of soldiers that need to get home but can't. Yeah. In the Middle East, he flies his private plane over there. Yeah. Loads it up and pays for them all to come back. Right. I mean, he does stuff like that all the time that never gets noticed. Yeah. But to me, that stuff doesn't, when you're that big, to me, that stuff doesn't, it doesn't say as much as what your kids think of you. Yeah. Because I don't know whether you're doing those things because you're genuinely a good person or because you want to be seen for it or you 
Well, if he weather. wanted to be seen, he would have thrown a press conference for all those actions. You know, you never do know. That's the thing. I, right? I would think. I would think so, too. But you never do know, you know, with these... All the billionaires, all the politicians, they do acts of philanthropy. You know what I mean? It's Yeah, but people like Bezos make sure everybody knows it. Yeah, usually. <laughs> but to me, even that stuff doesn't... If your kids love you... Yeah. To me, that's a, that says something, you know. And his kids love him. So, what is that? That alone makes him a lot better person than most people give him credit for. Because they don't really have anything to gain by doing that. No. They already got their money. They're set for life. They're fine. Yeah, and even if they don't get money from him, they're each worth. Right. Like, I think the lowest one was around $100 million. Right. I mean, so they're all good. So, yeah, they gain nothing by being publicly If they wanted supportive. political careers, they would do better by, you know, rejecting him. Yeah, exactly. But they, yeah, so there's something to this guy. And we're, you know, unfortunately, we're never going to get to see everything. Well, we might not. I don't yeah. want to see what he does in the next four years. He plans on doing stuff because he opened up the office of the former president to release statements. I'm looking forward to it. I think. Ready for conspiracy theory time? Okay. <laughs> but we got to keep it short because I got to hurry. Okay. I think part of the reason they want to impeach him is... So he doesn't run next time. Is not even so he doesn't run next time. Is so they can pull Secret Service detail in hopes he doesn't get the opportunity to say some of the things that he knows. Because I think... You One think of they're going to get him? He plans to. I don't know that they will. I won't go that far. Conspiracy theory, but I think they would really like if they pulled security detail and somebody else did. You know, he says what he wants to, so that is a very real possibility. It's conspiracy theory, though. Like and I know, I got no grounds for it. <laughs> that's actually taking things to a logical conclusion. I mean, realistically. Right. Because I mean, everyone knows he can't keep his mouth shut. Right. And he obviously knows a lot of things. Yeah. He knew things beforehand. And then he had power for four years. The right. ultimate power in the entire world. Right. And now he knows way more things. And has no loyalty to anybody there. Could that be the real reason he was banned from social media? Who knows? It could be. I mean, not that he said these awful things, but what he could say later. Right. About people in power, about these corporations, about what he knows, how things work now. Right. Holy cow. You know what we need to do is for next time, track down one of these insane theories. <laughs> no, I mean yeah. it. And... Talk about it a little bit. Yeah. I think, and and maybe we'll do a little bit of news next time. Because we haven't done a whole lot. We have. But this was a really good introduction. I think so. Session. And uh, I really hope it worked. <laughs> we tested it. We tested it. But does that mean anything with the luck we've been having? <laughs> we've tested it lots. Your house, my house, here. That's true. Well, here's to hoping that it works. <laughs> I think we should call it because I really got to 
because this is going to take me forever to... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And I got to get home and then get them to that place by four. You better, you better. Yeah. We're, so, we're done, folks. <laughs> yep. Well, this has been fun. Uh, thank you for anybody that happened to be tuning in. Um, let's see. Has anybody been tuning in? Probably not. There was an... Oh, it's just an error on our end. This happens all the time watching. Oh, okay. This happens all the time watching things on Twitch. Like, if you have a hiccup in your system to where, like, your ping rate goes through the roof oh, or... Yeah. The packets drop off. It'll say that error thing. But it was still working. It was still working. That's why. Uh... See, it's the internet. But I bet you it has worked on... My phone. Is the internet here being weird? Maybe. Well, maybe for the computer. Yeah, my phone's working pretty. Yeah, see? See? Okay, so it works. It's just the screen catching up with things is acting funny. Yeah. But that's to be expected sometimes. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate uh, your time, and I hope next time we'll have some just as much success as <laughs> just as much success. as we think we might have had now <laughs> I, believe. I believe i do believe yes so now we are going to do um oh stop wow that's actually not as big of a delay as i thought there'd be really yeah i was saying and i hope that next time it yeah. was only a, it was like usually there's a bigger delay sometimes oh i figured it'd be a couple seconds i wouldn't think Oh, well, online for someone to see what I just said. Sometimes there's like up to 45 seconds delay. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's cool. All right. Well, I'm going to put it in the done thing, and we'll try this again next time. Thanks for watching. And you'll see it come up. I'll leave it for a few seconds, and then I will exit.